The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Discover hope and healing from the other side Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode. I am so excited, kind of selfishly, I get to spend an hour in the energy of an angel on earth. Actually, you get to spend that time with her, too. But her name is Annie Bond. And before I bring her in, I have to tell you that she is a wonderful energy healer who I discovered when I was on my way to lead a workshop at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. And I traveled a long way. I was feeling out of sorts. And I thought, I I need to get in tune for this weekend. I need an energy healer. Now, what are the chances of finding an energy healer on the spur of the moment in Rhinebeck, New York? Well, thank goodness for the internet, because I went on there and Googled, and I found this woman named Annie Bond. And I reached out and Can you believe it? She had an opening, and here I go down this long dirt road back just a few miles from the Omega Institute into this haven, this beautiful sanctuary, and that was her home. She opens the door, and I just knew this was a God thing, and she's just, well, I'm going to bring her in now. You're going to learn all about her, and we're going to talk about energy healing, but she has a backstory that is as stunning as she is. So, Annie Bond, welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't be more privileged and honored and grateful. Thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) I really appreciate being here, so thank you. You're welcome, and I'll just say to all of you listening, this is just the second show in a row where I've been doing this by Skype now, so you can't see Annie, but we're looking eye to eye, and it just makes my heart go whoosh. So I hope all of you feel that. So Annie, before we get to your work as a healer, and and my main goal today is to, to let people know, of course, we're more than these physical bodies, but what is possible through healing and how it works. So all of you listening, that's what we're going to get to. So it's going to show you who you are and what you're made of. But for now, Annie, you weren't always a healer. You had quite the wake-up call in your life by a poisoning incident. I'll let you tell that and just let your guides guide you how much you want to go into that. But it's, I just, I, I wanted to tell everybody, I had no idea you had this whole second life and it started with this incident. Please. 
Well, yeah, I guess and all the greatest pain is always the greatest gift. And uh, I never would have ended up here today if I hadn't had this happen to me. Uh, I was about 27 and unbelievably healthy. I grew up on skis in New Hampshire. Uh, and I was working, putting my then husband through graduate school in New Haven, Connecticut, and was working in a restaurant. And there was a gas leak that sent 80 people to the hospital. And um, I was one of them. And I, I was working in the restaurant and it was a wedding party. So I was really breathing deeply of the of the fumes and it was just an uh, absolute before and after situation where i was never i've never been the same since and so they never quite figured out what the gas was it wasn't carbon monoxide um there was a broken air conditioner it was probably something from that but i was told i i, I got permanent central nervous system damage at that at that time and i just started having never been to a doctor in my life, a whole series of going to the, you know, Yale New Haven health clinic all the time and just not right at all. And then our apartment building was exterminated with a pesticide that's been taken off the market because it's so neurotoxic. Mm. I mean, this was way back. This is 1980, 81. The, the poisoning was at the end of 1980. And I, um, you know, after a few, I, I went into a clinical depression um and i drove myself to the psychiatric hospital i mean to the hospital and i said i don't know what's the matter with me but i i'm not safe to be out here may, and, may i interrupt a second did you know that the pesticides were affecting you no it wasn't i just knew that the apartment building had been exterminated because they told us mm-hmm. and you know, i'm from new hampshire and you know i had sort of my radar but i was i just went into a deep such a deep depression did you that, make the connection at the time with no. the not okay. at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. Um, I knew that I hadn't been right since the gas leak, um, but central nervous system damage is very, very tricky because it affects your your ability to think. And and uh, and I wasn't thinking very well. Uh, you can get that particular pesticide can cause um, real clinical depression, which is what mm-hmm. at that point I was in. And uh, they didn't know what to do with me. I, I, they, they hospitalized me, and I was there for three months, and they literally couldn't figure out the drugs that, to put me on. I was so atypical for everything. And it was so sad because my I, I'd start feeling better, and my husband would come to take me out for dinner, and we'd go to a restaurant. And, of course, for all the pesticides used in restaurants all the time, it's all my symptoms came back. And so it was very tricky trying to figure out how to get me out into the world. And wow. and I did eventually, they tried a bunch of different drugs and they finally fun, found some cocktail that worked. And then it was just trying, you know, it was great effort. What caused this going through all my childhood and everything. And then I, you know, I have a sister who's a biochemist who she was just like, wait a minute, you know, Annie was perfectly fine. And then she wasn't fine. Like, what uh-huh. happened to her? And she found the first environmental environmental medicine people in the world at that time. Because, again, you know, we're talking early 80s. Yeah. And they happened to be in New Haven. Um, oh, my gosh. I know. And it was the uh, Gazelle Institute. And I went to see them. And they tested me for environmental sensitivity. And I was absolutely off the scales on everything. Just... Uh 
off the scales. I know me you too. You know, you're giving me goosebumps. Yeah. I'm getting them too. Um, one doctor said I was like functioning at around 14% in my ability to navigate the world. And oh, it was my. it was all chemicals and it was never natural ingredients. It was just that was what happened. And so I then went, my, my husband and I went through a very grueling, we, we moved to the, Rhinebeck because he got a job to teach at Bard College and there are a ton of orchards up here and so we ended up having to move 10 times in four years to find a place that was pest free of pesticide drift but by then at least I knew what was wrong and and that was so empowering and I just had an unerring need to have clean air and so when you drove down this long dirt road and came to my house and I've got a camp on with 200 acres on one side and a 50 acre plot on the other um it's because I have no I needed no neighbors and now I have no neighbors which means that I have lived a completely normal life ever since I was able to get here do you think that sensitivity was caused by the gas leak damage absolutely because I never was before yeah Huh. So you were healed from that. And so when I say I didn't know about your other life, I'll just tell people that you are the queen of green. You are a world renowned expert on green living. This was a total surprise to me after having been to you for several sessions now. Well, because what happened was that I, I, I mean, I got well enough to lead a normal life, but I, I'm still sensitive, but I've traveled all over the world now. So the being able to be away from chemicals was incredibly healing for me. But then I so gratefully got well enough to have my, my beautiful daughter and I, as, as she started getting ready to go into nursery school and, and kindergarten and things like that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't send her to a place that might spray for bees and all that kind of thing, because now I knew how toxic these things were. And so I started, I put together my first book, which was Clean and Green. It was 1989. And I I sort of had a propensity for these that know-how, because, you know, northern New England roots and everything, and I loved you know, mixing up the formulas. And so I ended up really developing a whole career around non-toxic living because I, I knew how to do it. You know, I mean, I yeah. really knew how to how to do things that worked. And so that was um, really a extremely, I mean, I'm so grateful that I that happened, you know, that that all unfolded was also a way for me to sort of put my anger because I couldn't believe that there were chemicals on the market that would do what they did to me. To, you wow. know, they just didn't feel that uh, that was a, it wasn't right, you know? So yeah. to process that a little bit. So I find this all so fascinating. And I know that many of you listening right now are thinking, well, I want to hear more about that. And so you can go to Annie's website. When you tell greenifyeverything.com, it is right. Yeah. yeah. Green, greenifyeverything.com. I love that. And find out more. But alas, it Green Living is outside the scope of Messages of Hope, the show. But it's such an important background because now you are so super sensitive to energy. Would you tell us, as we shift gears now, how you got into energy healing? What was the shift? Well, it was, it, I mean, you know, people that are as sick as I was really put push the envelope because Western medicine wasn't very helpful, honestly. I know Western medicine is fantastic for a lot of things, but for this it wasn't. And I then live in the epicenter of tick-borne disease 
disease and I got bit by a tick and I, in 1996 and I got very, very, very sick from Lyme disease because it got misdiagnosed. And 18 months on antibiotics and this and that, and I thought if they gave me one more drug, I would just be huh. dead because I was huh. already pretty worn out. And I heard that there was somebody who had some sort of biofeedback machine and that she was helping people a lot with tick-borne disease. And, and I had a book deadline and I wasn't able to work anymore. I was so, so wiped out. Wow. And so I went to her and within a day I was back at my desk and it was basically, it was my first real understanding of energy. So the, there, the, the, that type of machine has a, it's like a old, the old version of a rife machine. So it had, um, I don't know what that is. RIFE. It's basically, mm -hmm. You have a database of every everything in the world has a vibration. So a tick-borne disease has a vibration. And then you get hooked into this computer and it reads your body and matches it to the database. And so what happened was that all my tick-borne disease matched a database and the database then was able to come up with remedies that were perfect for that vibration. And once I was able to start working on myself with that, I, I mean, I, I just, my eyes opened about energy in a completely new way. No, yeah. You're just making me right now saying, why aren't we all using this kind of diagnosis? Well, they're huge. There are a lot of back rooms and the doctors have a lot of these machines in the back rooms in the Hudson Valley. I'll tell you that much because <laughs> of the tick-borne. They're very, they're actually pretty common. You just have to look them, look, look it up. Um, and okay. so uh, the, and so there was that. And then I started doing yoga and um, every time I, I got into a particular pose, I was get washed over for grief from my, for my father who had died 30 years before no kidding. And every single time I got in this one position leaning over the, my left leg and I thought well that's interesting what's stored there huh. and hey. I started like you know you know how it is you're suddenly something's coming into your consciousness and so I sort of my my antenna were up and I heard about a Reiki class and I, I took that and I thought well gosh it was just I started being interested in energy yeah and I became a Reiki master, but I was very still, I didn't, I wasn't taught well, frankly, so I can't say I could step into it. But then I, but my, I was so interested. And then I moved into a, a very rigorous two-year energy healing school. And that just changed everything for me because I could feel the way the energy, this incredible technology of the subtle bodies of my, of my energy body, how clearing the flow for that was having such a profound effect on my health, my, my multiple chemical sensitivity, um, tick-borne disease, uh, and my feeling of finally feeling like I was coming home to myself. And so I just never looked back. Do you mean coming home and that you've now found your new purpose in life or you were healing yourself? healing myself. It was like, mm -hmm. I never forget doing a meditation in the early part of my training and, and the tears just were streaming down my face. Cause I was like really locking into my energy body for the first time consciously. And it, the feeling of coming home was so deep for me. And, 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 and again, look at this, you really suffered, but it brought you to this, 
which we'll get to soon that you've how you've turned that around to help others but for anybody who's listening who's going through a, a challenging time whether it be physical emotional spiritual there's hope oh my gosh unbelievable hope and and so that it started has started a a extreme interest of, on my part about the energy body the subtle bodies the technology of our energy bodies um you know, I learned all about the chakras, but I still was so frustrated because I felt like I was going in with a pitchfork and, you know, four years later, still working on the second chakra. And I just was oh. so frustrated because it's like, it's got to be faster. You know, healing has to be faster than yeah. this. So I just, you know, kept kept working on it. And I think for me personally, one of the times that was the, the most significant healing for me, and this is advanced, I'm not suggesting people go do this, but it was part of my real alert around how valuable energy work is, is that running, running as it were, kundalini in a very, very gentle way just had the most profound impact on my central nervous system. It was the one thing that, that I, I could say made just a profound difference in my ability to heal my own central nervous system. And so I got this sort of message to from from spirit to so-called run Kundalini 26 times. And I did it every Friday for 26 weeks and changed my life. Just absolutely changed my life. Wow. What do you mean by running Kundalini? First, you probably need to explain to those who aren't familiar with the term Kundalini. And then what do you mean by running Kundalini? Right. And I just... It, and it's when I, I preface this to say it's an advanced practice, and and so I'm suggesting that people, if they're if they have central nervous system damage, to seek out a a professional of some sort to help them with it. I, I'm not suggesting people just start, you know, working with so-called kundalini. So kundalini is a very very powerful powerful energy that we have in our our system it's it's based in our first chakra and it goes up so the so-called nadis n-a-d-i-s and if anybody wants to learn more about the nadis i mean all of it they could just look up the nadis online Mm -hmm. most people who do yoga recognize the image of the two snakes going around the chakras and the and moving up in the third eye that's the nadi system and through the through going up through the central nervous system is what's called the shashumna and and the and kundalini runs up that and what 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 i found is that we have blocks in our chakras that block the kundalini from from mm-hmm. moving up and so when i so called ran kundalini i was helping the kundalini get through the blocks that i had in my chakras uh-huh. so that it was better able to flow to flow up and it was, um, you know, I, I sort of feel like I the poisoning almost like made a pinprick hole in my central nervous system damage and toxic fumes get in. Mm. And this bit by bit was, you know, sealing in that. That's sort of how it feels. And so. you did all of that, I'm imagining, just like any time we do a meditation or, or have a goal, just through pure intention and visualizing that happening. Is that right? It was a very, um, it is a very, very gentle approach to running, so-called running kundalini. And it's not so much of a sexual energy as it's very primal. And so there's a very deep drumbeat kind of dance music that goes with it. And um, it was sort of a, 
a system where where I would listen to that music and usually dance, and then it would the, the Kundalini would move. But again, it's very gentle. As we're not yeah. recommending, you know, some radical thing. So yeah, but you you used your intention. Now you were very sensitive at this point to pesticides and other things. So how did that manifest in your sensitivity to your own energy systems? Yeah, so that I start, that was around 2003, I think, that I did all that Kundalini work. Um, and since then, I've just completely led a normal life. Just have. Uh, Healthy. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Beautiful. I've literally traveled around the world. I've, you know, I can go places. I do anything. Um, it just was really dramatic. So. But my, my question was, you were sensitive in the past, but did that lead to you being super sensitive to feeling these energies oh, moving through you? You know, that's, I see where you're going. You know, I, the weirdest training for me probably was those years when I moved 10 times in four years. <laughs> I had to t- tune in, is that formaldehyde? Is this that? What's that fume? What's that fume? Wow. And then that, that, that paying such unbelievable attention translated into oh yeah i feel the energy going to that does that my first chakra oh look at the way that feels or look the way that feels and so yes absolutely i'm so tuned into the way the energy moves in my energy body i can't even tell you but i'm super equally super sensitive to the energy that's outside of my me too so i'm what's called a um a physical empath I guess, you know, so, I mean, I'm off the scales for being able to pick up all that kind of energy. Wow. Well, I know you are because uh, you've worked, I've had about seven sessions with you. I was trying to remember how many, and right now everybody's going, whoa. Anybody who's studied with me knows that I always recommend that we work on ourselves with daily or regular chakra clearing, paying attention to our own energy, but that we are gifted in this world with gifted energy healers because there are some things we need outside help with how do you feel about that oh completely agree and um, honestly it's been such a total privilege so thank you and (laughs) yeah it's interesting how things show up when they show up and um and i likewise just was absolutely riveted to your your class and um learned so much from it and and so these how we came into it i just said thank you for <laughs> coming into my life because that was sort of where those things go you just have to, have to trust when they show up i guess you know so absolutely yeah. well there's there are no accidents so my my wonderful friend and assistant lynette tells me that as a young girl your family was aware of and practiced folk medicine and natural forms of healing is that right um, well, you may I, have shared that with her. Yeah, well, I put that, that's written up about me. It's sort of a little bit of a, I mean, my father was an English professor at Dartmouth, right? So it wasn't <laughs> like we had a back, you know, we had a place in the back room, you know. That's we were funny. <laughs> and and we, it was just that New England, Northern New England was so rooted in the simplicity of, of using what's around. And huh. my father was an incredible gardener. My mother was just totally of such, she would have been an ornithologist in another time, you know, and mm. so we we're very, very close to nature. Beautiful. Wow. Let's see, we have about three minutes till the break. 
you now have a healing practice and a healing school. I want to learn more about what you're teaching in those classes so everybody else knows what you're teaching. But you call it the Divine Mother Healing Center, or is that it? Divine Mother Center. Yeah. Where did that name come from? So I had a day job. Um, I was a single mom for a long time, and I had a daughter who then went to college. And so I wasn't, I was thinking I would move into healing when I, when I retired. And then in, I, in 2008, with a big wipeout, I got laid off and then I'm scrambling in the editorial world. And, and I, then I was finally fully sort of laid off as a, um, in 2014, um, from, from doing, you know, online digital work. And so I suddenly had to scramble trying to figure out what to do next. And this may be our three minute call. Is it, are you, do we no, have? No, we're good. Keep oh, going. Great. So I, um, what started was that I was awakened in the night on um, the harvest moon of 2014. And I was given a healing that was the most tender, intimate, unbelievable healing that, that I, and I knew I was getting a healing because I had enough experience. And it was just understood my poisoning understood everything about me and I finally got back to sleep and I woke up the next morning and thought that must be the divine mother I you look teary-eyed as you tell this yeah it was just and who you know what else could that be you know so the divine mother yeah and so it took then I sort of went underground with this and so I was able to uh, eventually realize that it had been my soul that came in and gave me the healing and I started calling our own personal soul, my I mean, it, my own divine mother, just like there is the divine mother. We also have our own. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We limit ourselves so much when we put names to things. And even you, we, don't, we don't even have to give it names. You just knew that was divine and it had a motherly feel. It, absolutely. And I never went to, I didn't rate, wasn't raised in any religion whatsoever. So it, it didn't have any tinge except for the, the, you're exactly right. It was divine and it felt like it was the mother, you know, so. And at that time then, did you know that you, this is it, I'm, I'm going to do healings for other people? That became, this is it. Yeah. Just because I was no longer the doer as a healer. I had oh. real trouble stepping into holding, being, being the doer in a healing and all of a sudden, I, I realized I was not the doer. I was connecting to this person's soul to do the healing. And once I could do be in that space, I felt like I, I could do it. I could carry wow. it. And you can see the perfection in that because absolutely you weren't ready to do it until you had that realization. That's right. It's, yep. not, it's not the healer that does the healing, is it? That's right. Wow. And so, so profound. And, and the healings that come in when a person's soul is given permission and invited to come give the healing to the person is just breathtaking. So anybody who works with me knows I'm always asking. Yeah. That's the truth. So cool. This is what we're going to dive into in the second half of the hour though. now. We're talking with Annie Bond, an amazing energy healer. I hope you can feel her energy. Please stay with us and come back after about three minutes and we'll continue.
Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Okay, welcome back. I couldn't wait to get back. We're talking with Annie Bond and we are going to dive into one of my favorite topics. What is this energy we're talking about? Because it flows through all of us. It's it's what makes my readings possible. If my energy is clear, if yours is clear, we can connect more clearly with the energy of all that is. So, Annie, on the break, you were saying that this energy is not some way out thing and energy healing is not woo-woo. Would you just expand on that for all of us? Well, I think all cult- cultures um, address this uh, subtle body in one one way or another. Like Chinese medicine works with the meridians. Um, Hindu, all the chakras come from that Hindu system. Um, certainly, many many religions are related to connecting to to an energy that is greater than we are, and. I think what fascinates me is that we have our energy body has two aspects to it. There's the receptacle of energy, which comes in and gets stored in our chakras, for example. Um, And then there's the source of energy. And you were talking about prana. And that's the incredible energy that is that flows through us and, Mm -hmm. and being able to, I think, the a good energy healer would know, would learn how to harness that energy. And the reason I took your school was because I was interested in how do you harness that energy, right? It's, there are different yeah. ways. It's, it's the same energy. It's, it's like, but how do we harness it? And we start for slightly different reasons. And that's exactly why I intend to take one of your classes. I just had to figure out which one because of the same thing. When we can come at all of these non-physical, these subtle energy methodologies from different angles it it leads us to these aha moments with our own focus that's right and what is it and so because i had so much um you know so much of a physical problem that i was kept pushing and pushing in the you know so where in that subtle body can i bring healing that will change my physical body and bring healing to my physical body so that was where i was pushing the envelope so do you I don't even want to use the word belief. What is your understanding (laughs) about the underlying cause of physical challenges? Is it all energetic? My experience is that, that uh, I guess I can speak experientially. Um, And that's what happens to me is I'm pretty intellectual, but, but what's been fascinating about the whole divine mother modality is that it comes in, experientially always 
I'll be working on something, somebody on the table, and through enormous amount of training, I'm I'm very clairvoyant. So I'll see something happen, and I'll just say, "Oh my gosh, what the heck is that?" And then uh-huh. I'll I'll go online afterwards and search, and and so it's been every step of the way. It's come in on the table when I'm uh-huh. working with somebody on the table or in Zoom or something, and then I find the or in the night, like the, the full moons particularly, like that the, that experience I had. Right. And then I try to figure it out. And so um, the uh, experientially, um, my I find that very often there's a trauma that is carried in the energy body. <laughs> and then it will, if it's not cleared, it'll eventually show up in the physical body. Yeah. Are, are you all listening? So it just is so important to pay attention to what we're dealing with emotionally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just as frustrating in our society because we're not trained at a young age to make sure we have a healthy first chakra, that we have a healthy second chakra and all that kind of thing. And the chakras are developmentally designed so that it, they help us, you know, so safety and security in the first chakra, that's for those early, you know, the early weeks and months of our of our living. And are we safe? Are we warm? And then each one sort of builds on a next. And each chakra has both the receptacle of holding the trauma, like with my father, my grief for my father that I carried in my first chakra, um, there every time I could feel it, uh, that was a, I was holding a trauma, right? Mm-hmm. The first chakra also has the potential to come into complete harmony. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to a chakra clear healing, the goal is to help move out what's stuck to bring the harmony back into, into that chakra. But those, it's a very receptacle based part of the energy body, but this other energy system that is around us, which is where I find the the um, the healing for the physical body very often is to clear something in the in the source of energy that's around us so that we can have more and more flow with of the the field around us and then that can dislodge things that don't serve us and then push it through. So I can see where we would have trauma in our early lives and that's lodged in the chakras. But yep. what would be happening in the outer field? What I find is that the um, uh, the it's very electrical those outer fields. So that, for example, the astral body, which is very connected to the heart chakra, mm-hmm. is outside of us. That the color is green, but it also it carries like people who have a lot of anxiety. It's just incredibly powerful. The anxiety is held in that out that that outside and that in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the auric field is carried in the aura so that the, the energy of it, the dis, disease mm-hmm. is in the, in that auric field. And then the disease will start feeding into the physical body. Wow. So I would like to know, we're going to get on to what you see and what you do in one of your healings, but you mentioned, you call it the divine mother modality. So when people come to your other healers, we can choose a healer based on I want Reiki or I want quantum touch. Now you have this whole modality that's your own. Would you like to describe what it is and how you were given it? Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. Thank you. Because 
I mean, I'm an energy healer, right? I mean, I could, it was trained extremely well. I could work on a chakras. I could just do it that way. You know, I, I very, I mean, good healers are people that have worked really, really hard to clear their own themselves. What is that phrase of, you know, to be a, be a, a, a flute, have, yeah. have energy just come through. Yes. Um, and I work on myself every day. Every day I have Thank 20 years. years. You know, you know, yeah. I, it's just part of the clearing out of clearing out, clearing out. And we should all be doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I say to people in class, how many of you raise your hand, take a shower every day? Everybody laughs and they raise their hand. I said, now, how many of you clean your energy body every day? And you get a couple hands raised and you see the light bulbs go on like, oh, yeah, you clean the outside. But what about the inside? And I know you do because I've oh, been yeah. very admiring of the of the chakra work you often do. And, and you not often. I think you do that every day, basically. So, um, you know, I just I feel like uh, I mean, I could give a regular healing. It's just that I was taught to and do sound healing. I mean, I could do all that. It's just that they, they were taught that I was the healer. And I just couldn't hang my shingle out with that. I just, it ah. just never, never felt right. And it came, that kind of positioning came from, comes from my third chakra. Like I am, you know, and, and, and I can, and I'm going to do this. And, you know, I just, uh, so it was sort of the timing all worked out perfectly in the sense that I got laid off from that last um, uh, freelance jet work I had. And my heart, when I got the call, my heart burst open with joy. And that had ha that, that came two months after, yeah, two months, October, yeah, two, exactly two months after I had the dream. I mean, where I was awake into the night, not a dream, it was, and so... I was ready then to realize that if I'm not the doer, I can I can step into this. And my daughter immediately put me put up a website, and <laughs> I um, I had a, a client who uh, became for various reasons realized I was asking the soul to do the healing. I, I their own the client's soul. Mm -hmm. That's mm. what I realized is that, I mean, and I have a little story about it if, if you, I mean, it's short. So no, take your I, time. I, um, when my father had died 30 years ago, it was my first clairvoyant experience ever. I was in the living room. I went home to Hanover where I grew up and in the living room the next day. And there was a ball of light just, you know, about a foot from the seal, top of the ceiling. And it was my father and all his absolutely most wonderful attributes. And, mm. He had suffered a lot in World War II and this and that, and yet he was this um, very sensitive human being, and there he was. It was just all his most beautiful aspects. And how did you know, for everybody listening, how did you know that this ball of light was your father? Because I just felt yeah. it. it knew just, it. Yeah. Just knew it. And I'd never had such an experience, and um, I, again, I just went underground with it. And I mean, that was years and years ago. So I fast forward 25 years or so, and I was, um, I had that experience where I was awakened in the night and then I went underground with it. And then I had a, I did a trade with a, a friend of mine who's a wonderful healer and 
I thought to myself, maybe I can have what happened to me happen for her. How do I do that? And then I, I sort of asked and huh. I saw a ball of light over the table and it was, I knew it was her in her most, perf- her highest perfection, right? Her soul. It was her soul. Oh, how so cool is that? I asked her soul to bring the heal- bring her the healing <laughs> and I just never looked back. It just became a very quick, uh, you know, word of mouth too, because by having a soul give a healing, you know, the next thing I knew I was working with a woman who had just had a terrible catastrophic um, event happen with her son and her soul just came and gave her what she needed so she wasn't in unbearable agony, you know, and it was just, but again, it was her soul that was the one that did it. And so, um, I have a question. Yeah. So I know that all of us existed in various expressions of the one source as here we are, the human being, then we are a soul, very possibly part of an oversoul, and then all expressions of source. But it's one spectrum of energy, to my understanding, not separate. So do you feel that that ball of light that's the soul showed up like that as if separate from the human so you would know this is the soul? Because that body can't exist without the soul enlivening it. It's a a really, really good question. I think... I think these were my guides helping me figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, fascinating. Just that they keep showing me things and it's experiential, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. that this is, um, and it's almost like if I go seeking it, um, I will see the, I will see like their whole array of different types of souls, but I'm consciously saying, I want to see that person's soul now. Uh-huh. And then it's shown to me in a way that I, Annie, can understand. I love that. So this is it's such a great lesson for all of us that we have guides that know exactly what we need. And you were given this modality that works beautifully for you. And yet you could teach other people this works. And so they would see it the same way if that works for them. Right. So right on, because I tell them all that I'm 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 not trying to make you be me. Mm-hmm. I want you to get to know what you get to know because you know it, right? So right. if you if you're not if you're trying to connect to a person's soul and you're not getting anything, ask to have it given to you in a way that you'll understand. That's it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it just keeps everybody from getting back into the human boxes that we put everything into, right? Yeah. Just just flow right. with how it's supposed to unfold for you. So you go into all of your sessions now and is that the fundamental process that you ask for and intend to connect with their soul and then their soul does the healing yep but you're an intermediary what are you doing so i call it the sacred triangle and me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's the same right so i Wow. The key is for me to drop into my heart chakra, be in heart mind. And I, some, it's usually the soul, but sometimes I'll be asking, uh, there, there's a real sense of an archangel that wants to come in for the person. Sometimes, Could I interrupt a second? Just yeah. 
I know what you're talking about, but please explain to everybody who make up the three parts of that sacred triangle. Yes, I will. Okay. So it's my heart connecting to the, the, the high energy being that's going to give the healing, whether it be the person's soul, whether it be the creator, whether it be Archangel Michael or whomever, mm. even, at our, even the sacred elements sometimes. Oh, so it's not always their soul. You just leave it open because spirit knows best. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I always start by connecting. I always start a healing by connecting to a person's soul. And I ask the person's divine mother to bring them a healing, whatever's in their highest good. Mm-hmm. And then I ask their higher self to bring them a healing, whatever's in their highest good. And then because of the way I handle energy is I see it. I see where the energy goes in their body. And then I think, oh, so they're, they're, they really need a lot of work in their throat chakra, for example, because I see the way their soul is moving the energy through their body. And they're the third part of the triangle. The, and they're the, the third part of the triangle. Yep, the client. Yes, exactly. So, but generally, so always at the f- opening of a healing, I I do my version of what you have, which is your bless me, and I have my version of that. And then in my full, fully in my heart mind, I connect to their soul and I ask their soul to bring them a healing, whatever's in their highest good. And that's ha- always how I start. I know just hearing you say it, I've heard you say it so many times because you also say it multiple times in your session. And it's just like music to my ears right now hearing that. But I'm I'm so fascinated when I've when you've been working with me and when you're talking now, you talk about I see this and I see that energy and I see this. Is it all in your mind's eye? It's in my mind's eye. I was, yeah, I just you know what? I was really you know, I've been researching some about the sixth chakra and they're is a whole layer of clairvoyance that is really fascinating that sees uh, emotional issues show up like a blueprint in the physical body. And that is just a gift I have. You know, Mm. it's, I mean, I don't know if it's a gift that is more than anybody else who has worked as much as they're on their clairvoyance as I have, might have too. But I was so interested to read that it was it's actually an aspect of clairvoyance is being able to see energy like a blueprint. And mm-hmm. it's just but I have all sorts of wonderful students that are incredibly intuitive in all different ways. And they all connect to the soul, too. And they, they may not see it, but they'll they may get a clear cognizant like, oh, I see uh-huh. their third chakra is like this because of or they hear, oh, uh-huh. yeah, blah, blah, blah about the person. And so or, or they feel it like they know, oh, gosh, I'm really drawn. I can really feel something going on in that third chakra, which is all fabulous. So I'm, you know, it's just because I happen to. And in a way, sometimes it gets in my way because it's the first thing that happens is I'll clairvoyantly see something. And mm-hmm. I have to say, okay, clairvoyant, step aside a minute. I want to hear something, you know, because mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay. So what I'd like to get into for the remainder of the show here with about eight minutes to go is what is actually going on in these healings? Because I will be very honest with you at the beginning when you started working with me, some of the things were a real stretch to me. You talked about soul retrievals and bringing through past lives of which I have no recollection. I'm not doing anything. You're seeing this. And yet I can't deny that 
every time you've worked with me, I've felt a beautiful ramping up of energy and beautiful things happening afterwards. I can tell that things have been freed up and cleared out. And this is why I've had other beautiful healers do this as well. So if anybody can find a a talented energy healer, that's why we do this, to clear out the deep-seated stuff. So what is really going on in these healings? Yeah, that's a good a good question because it does it can be very esoteric. Um, and by the way, the reason I repeat myself so much is is that it's almost like a mantra, so I stay out of my head. Oh, nice. One of the things, and so um, and the other thing is that it's always ask, 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 ask. That's that's I think if if I teach anything, it's to ask and to be in the sacred triangle. It's being in that circuit is the key. But you mean because that keeps you out of thinking you're doing it? And also keeps me out of my personality. The last thing anybody wants is Annie Bond giving the healing. Uh-huh. You know, there, it's just they want me to be able to be as tuned in as I possibly can and as clear as, clear as I can. Well, you know, you're asking... It's such a great question, though, Suzanne, because, I mean, I grew up, as I said, in Hanover, New Hampshire. I was L.L. Bean Boots and on skis and talking about past lives and soul retrievals was not anything that was part of any conversation I ever had with anybody about any anything ever. And so for me, I have because once I started getting into the into healing and beginning to hear some of this language, like the Nadis, which we talked about, or the Shoshuna we talked about, it all was total Greek to me. And I felt like, boy, I'm a fraud here. What am I doing with all this these words? I don't know anything. But then one after the other, things started showing up for me. Like, oh my gosh, I was giving giving a the facilitator of a healing, and a past life came in, mm-hmm. and before I knew it, there were dozens and dozens of past lives that I had been facilitating with. So I can no more say we don't we don't we 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 don't incarnate than walk on the moon because yeah. I've seen so much of it, you know. And um, soul retrievals are part of us that is more relatable. It I could use a different language as part of us that would have been checked out because of trauma at some point in our life. So a great example would be like a three-year-old girl who was kicked down the stairs by her older brother. And it was so, so gut-wrenching to her because she adored her older brother that a part of her soul just chipped off. It was like pure and other soul-crushing trauma. And so that part of her chipped off and it needs like a special kind of effort to bring that that part of a person back. And it's um, a very, very touching part of the process because you experience what happens when here you are working with the soul itself and it's like I'm ready to go back and integrate and be part of this life here and you you say like look at that oh it's beautiful and it's being made whole again yeah that's right it's so beautiful I mean it's breathtaking the the work is just breathtaking and and then when you feel the love and compassion of, of a person's soul bringing, a, bringing the healing and the absolute adoration souls have for the suffering of the human being, it, it just is, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times so you just tears come to my eyes about the beauty of it. But so. why is, I know the answer to this, but we have to ask though, we have to find the healer. If the soul is so ready for us to be integrated, why doesn't it just happen? 
I know that's such a so frustrating. It's I've thought about that because there really is free will, and and we have to ask. Yeah, but I think my soul must have just sort of been beside itself and needed to wake me up in the night and give me that healing because mm. I wasn't. Maybe I was asking enough for it, and it agreed. You know, maybe a week later to wake me up in the night. But I, yeah, I know. It's, it's well, like, why do we have to be, if the deck sort of seems stacked against us a little bit, honestly, it really does. It's because it's rough. You've got to get into this passageway and, you know, sort of to go back to the beginning of the, of their conversation, my soul completely whacked me on the head in mm. 1980 and just said, Annie's not on track at all. If she's going <laughs> to, and so wham, you know, so. Yeah. So all of you listening, what you really need to do is pay attention to what is causing you pain, physical, emotional. There's something there that's really just crying out to be looked at. Right, Annie? Yeah, and to have the, the starting point always is having compassion for your own self. And it's the, the biggest challenge I find in people's heart chakras is their, you know, those subtle betrayals of our own selves that happen just because of programming. And, so starting with compassion and is just a beautiful way and it's a beautiful connection to, to your soul because your soul has nothing but compassion. So Truth, yeah. So do you often hear back from your clients? Your, I guess you call them clients and what kind of feedback do you get? I do. I, I um, just life-changing experiences. Um, there are few that I can't seem to move the needle on, um, but it tends to be a, uh, and it could, the needle could move, you know, months later for all I know. Um, but generally uh, it's huge amount more. I just gave a healing yesterday and I, I, she texted me this morning just to see just markedly better and a real up-loving leveling mm. of, and that's that. Sometimes it's subtle but huge. Uh, the differences. What um, percentage of your healings are actual physical healings versus emotional, spiritual? Uh, that is a great question because we sort of get mag magnetized to people that that are different. Um, most of it, you know, I think I I have a, a more of a specialty of the on the emotional body. Uh -huh. but I'm beginning to get more people coming to me that are a real trauma-based that have manifestation in their physical body but the trauma is still yeah. there from an emotional kind of situation of sorts okay well we're about out of time i feel the greatest thing we can learn is to heal ourselves just a quick yes or no do you are you going to keep teaching classes Yes, I am. That's, oh, I love That's what I want to do more okay. than anything to teach. Because to teach people to be in the sacred triangle and then they become good healers is just my dream is to, to be able to do that. So Outstanding. Well, I'm so grateful you're doing what you're doing. Annie Bond, I hope you all have learned a lot from her today. I have, and I hope you'll look her up. Thank you so much for your work and for being Thank with you. us today. Thank you so much. It was really a joy to be here. It was. See you all next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.